Have you ever wondered how many people's lives have been saved by the North Star over the centuries? That uh, being lost, perhaps, they, they only could find their way because that North Star gave them direction. And I wonder how many people found that as a great metaphor for their life, looking at the North Star to find a new direction in their life. Certainly the ancient peoples, the peoples that lived outside so often, the, the pastors, the shepherds of the sheep, um, those stars meant a lot to them. And when they saw um, uh, shooting stars and other things happening in the heavens, uh, it often would confirm deep things that were going on inside them, and they found a yes or no answer to life just by looking up into the heavens. So it's not a surprise that we should uh, think of at the birth of Jesus that the stars would have some impact and something to say to the ancient peoples. And as they read the prophets and listened to the promises that were given over a long period of time, that they would come to their final conviction, looking up into the skies, up into the heavens, and there reading from the heavens itself that this was the time. This was the time. Now, I think Matthew takes it to the maximum uh, so that the star actually moves and ends up right over the place where Jesus was to be born. And, and it, it, you know, this storytelling is so rich because they really are guided by a star. They followed the star. They searched because of a star, and they found their treasure. The scriptures are rich today because not only is there an issue of star, but of light. And the promises of old said, Jerusalem, your light will shine again one day. You've walked in darkness. You've been in darkness, but your light shall come. I suspect, perhaps, for some people, they might see this as a particularly beautiful passage for this pandemic time. Aren't we waiting for the light again? I mean, Lord above, how long can we do this? But we must do it. But this time of particular darkness over the whole world, not just over at Glassell Park or the United States, the whole world, and so many places experiencing it, even much, much worse than ourselves, who have so many resources. But we walk in darkness, waiting for the time of light to come. So uh, we hear that promise once again in the Old Testament, where usually the promise is told, excuse me. Um, but the second reading is so often a fulfillment of the promise. It's, it's just lovely how this happens. The Old Testament looks to when the promise will come, and the, the New Testament, the passage from Paul, which actually precedes in writing, the writing of the Gospels, but these letters are saying, it's come. The time of grace has come. The light has already appeared. Look, he has been born. Look, he has died. But from all of this is grace upon grace upon grace in our lives. We have been saved. You, you and I are a new people and we have something to give to the world. And so, we come to this gospel passage, only in Matthew, and it's more than just the story of the Magi coming. This is like uh, so much in the gospel writers, particularly Matthew and Luke, rich, rich, rich in theology. 
This is telling not just the story of what happened, but what's going to happen. So Matthew uh, comes there. To, and, and, and by the way, again, this is one of those stories that, that um, uh, I'm going to say maybe it's literal, but it's kind of strange if it is that nobody else would tell this story. What a story around the birth of Jesus. What a story to say that... Uh, Herod would go kill all the boys under two in Bethlehem where Jesus was born? Unless you appreciate that Matthew is writing a particularly Jewish gospel. His audience was the Jews. And we know the other Jewish story where all the boys two and under were killed in the story of Moses. And so Matthew is lining up a deep theological message just as Moses was born and all the boys under two were killed, the Pharaoh was trying to wipe out a generation of boys. And from that Moses came the law. And from this Jesus who was born and Herod, jealous and afraid, killed all the boys under two years of age in Bethlehem to make sure he got Jesus, but he didn't, just like they didn't get Moses. And from this Jesus came the new law the law from the prophets of old, and then the new law of love. But in this incredible story of promise and fulfillment, sin and grace, darkness and light, this story of Jesus, we are told about these magi who come, guided not only by the star, but by their dreams in which they hear messages, so instead of returning to Herod, and Herod was a pretty strong and scary ruler, I think, everybody, everybody got afraid because Herod was afraid. He had power and he had authority, and uh, he was the kind of uh, uh, ruler that could say, off with their head, and the head came off. And so these magi, they ignored what Herod said because of the guidance of a dream. And whatever that means, but through their whole being, they left and went another way and did not take the message back to Herod. And because of that, he anyway followed through and killed all the children, the boys under two. But they gave gifts to Jesus. Gold and frankincense, as is mentioned in the uh, first reading, and myrrh. And I ask this every year, so I'm going to see how well our memories are working. What was the purpose of the myrrh? What was myrrh used for? Aha. Uh -huh. It was used for burial purposes, for preserving the body. Gold. Who got gold? Kings. Who got frankincense? The gods. Incense. But Jesus got not only those acknowledging the King of the universe and uh, the Lord of Lords, but the one who had to go through the way of death, this death. So Matthew is telling the story of what is about to happen, even in the gift giving that happens at this moment. The Magi come and gift him, and then reveal to us who he really is, who he really is for us. <clears throat> Today, <clears throat> you know, we, I'm glad we're celebrating the 6th of January here on this day, the 2nd, 
because the sixth of our year now, and will be every year for probably the rest of my life, will be a year, a day of great ignominy, a day of great darkness. The darkest day, I think we could say, since the Civil War. And even uglier in the sense that it all came from within, as did the Civil War, but, but plotting against our nation. Ugly, ugly, ugly. A day of darkness. So all the more do we need this epiphany. All the more do we need this light. And all the more, if we really call ourselves fellow Christians, followers of the Christ, followers, disciples of the Christ, we have got to be people of light. Got to be people of light. I think it was yesterday, I did a Facebook page, and I, I, I wish you'd look it up, because at the end of it, uh, I, was, uh, I quoted in it a favorite mystic of mine from the year around 1260, a Dominican priest, Meister Eckhart, a German. Well, it is what it is, okay? He was a German. And he was wonderful. <clears throat> and he, he said, and it was one of his uh, spiritual truths that he believed in and I believe in, he said, if the only prayer you ever say to God is thank you, it is sufficient. But on this particular page, when I was quoting this, I went to look it up to get the wording perfect, at least the translation. And, uh, and when I got that, I said, hmm, what else does he say here? Well, the rest of the page wasn't about Meister Eckhart, but these are some beautiful quotes, some beautiful quotes. So I recommend that you go to Saturday's Facebook page on our liturgy and check it out. These are quotes that, to me, bring the light. They bring the awareness. They bring the spiritual power. And we, I think, as a people of faith, it's not just because we're baptized or just become, because we come to Mass or just because we receive communion. We have to think and pray in our heart and feel what this all means. We can't come to this scene and just say, Oh, baby Jesus, look, ooh, there's a lamb. A lamby poo there, right, look, right behind him. Uh, no, we have to look at this and ask what it means, what it meant, what it means to me, us now. And if we really believe that this and this are inextricably connected, and that this, 30 years later, turns into this, but that this is what brought redemption and grace and salvation. And even to this moment, as we look at it, it teaches us the way, the way, the way of love. Because this divinely powerful moment of love in the face of hatred and rejection, it is, it's an unbelievable message. Unbelievable message. Today on the Feast of Epiphany, we must be people of light. And we must let the light take away the darkness and continue to show us the way.